2: Sip on the go with a Starbucks Ice Shaken Espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize
1: it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? hey there my name is Leela from the damn truth you're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks
2: everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott, taking you on another rock and roll journey today. We always offer music commentary, great music interviews like the one we have today. Before we begin, we'd just like to remind you that we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, the music network of podcasts. You can join other podcasts as well, like Vinny Apice and Carmen Apeace on their Hanging and Banging podcast. Uh, you can enjoy the shout out loudcast, the kiss podcast with my boys, Tom and Zeus, Cobras and Fire, Martin Popoff and Mistress Carrie out there in Boston. She does a great job as well. You can catch all the Hook Rocks podcast episodes, old and new. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us wherever you do listen, write us a review if you're so inclined. We always enjoy the feedback and uh, we'd like to continue to be an escape for you. It is hot out there all over the country, so hope you're staying cool. I know it's 4th of July weekend. I know everyone wants to be out and about, but with the rising temperatures all over, be safe, be cool, and try to have a good time. But nonetheless, I'd like to welcome in our next guest, Two guests that I'm excited to have, a band that I've been listening to with the nudge of my young 16-year-old son who keeps telling me, and I agree with him, how great this band is from Canada. The band is Crownlands, and my guests are Kevin and Cody. Hey, doing good, man. How are you? (laughs) Doing well. Excited to do this, like I mentioned, and uh, looking forward to learning more about you guys today.
3: Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive in, man. Let's uh let's get the chat rolling.
2: We <laughs> always start the same way every time we have a first time guest on the podcast. And that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every mm. rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was
0: it for you? For me, it was uh twenty-one twelve by rush. I, I got that. Uh, my, my dad actually played that for me when I was about like two years old in my basement, he's a drummer and he played that the whole way through. And then afterwards I discovered the album and that changed my life. It set me on the path to become the drummer I am today.
3: And you, Kevin? Yeah. Um, it's, it's another rush story, Jay, not surprising (laughs) at all. Um, I think I was 14 years old and uh, I downloaded a Feral to Kings by Rush. And I was out riding my bicycle in the early springtime. And the opening, like pastoral lines, have uh, birds chirping because Terry Brown, uh, the producer, decided to record most of that record outside. And, you know, you end up hearing all of these cool birds in the background. And I was just really taken by that. It was the first time I really heard anything like that in music. And then, of course, then the whole band kicks in and, uh, It was magical and it it changed my life. And it kind of set me on the path to uh, meet Cody. And now here we are doing some pretty cool shit. When did it become,
2: when, when did it go from hearing Rush and being inspired to want to play rock music to forming a band and wanting to play on stage for people?
0: I think we both have different like stages here. Um, but for myself um i knew that i wanted to play music since i was since like before i could form articulate sentences (laughs) like i I knew um i've been playing i think we're still there yeah yeah i'm still here (laughs) um so yeah since i was like one i was playing uh i was playing drums and it wasn't until i was 16 that i was in a band and then i met kevin at 19 and then we uh started taking oh, it like, no code code, code
3: yo we we met when you were 18 we were gigging in bars and you weren't even legal oh, to be in there right. you're right you're right <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's so
0: true i forgot about that yeah so i'm <laughs> one extra year with that i forgot about the, um, the last yeah, year <laughs> the last year yeah like we've just been grinding man and it's been a it's been a great ride but like i knew that i wanted to do music since i was very very young and it was pretty serious about it my parents didn't believe me and they were like you got to go to university and get a get a job and then i went to university studied some music and then i ended up dropping out and made this happen
3: yeah. Well so Cody's really sweet by saying they dropped out. It was really cause like I kept booking tour after tour during Cody's exam periods. Which like <laughs> I mean, like, you know, in Canada you have a very narrow window of time where you can actually drive on the roads and not, you know, uh be driving on just a skating rink. And so You know, the ideal time to tour is the springtime. Otherwise, summer is festival season, right? So springtime is also when all the exams are. So I think Cody was just, you know, getting uh, pummeled with uh, touring (laughs) dates rather than exam dates. And so Cody's very sweet to say they uh, uh, they dropped out. It was more like, uh, you know, it was was the
0: ultimate (laughs) class distraction, like the ultimate (laughs) class clown. It was your ultimate heist, Kev. <laughs> but honestly, my heart wasn't in it for the degree. It was in it for the music. So I think we all know that was
3: happening. Yeah. That being said, though, we just actually finished making a record um using a lot of like traditional African percussion and like Afro-Cuban patterns, and Cody studied yeah. that. So hey, it came in handy after all. Right? Like <laughs> let- it certainly did. You know, don't let school get in the way of your education. You know, it seems like uh, all of that knowledge has indeed paid off. You might not have the piece of paper, but hey, you got some pretty cool records (laughs) down. You know, you got the knowledge. (laughs) And so what else, you know, what else do you really need? You know,
0: absolutely. I regret nothing, honestly. And like, if you're going to school for anything, you know, learning something that you're interested in is paramount if you're not interested in what you're learning then why are you there (laughs) yeah that's Uh, that's just my personal philosophy and uh yeah even though I didn't didn't graduate um I still have a lot of knowledge and I learned a lot about myself you know studying psychology and music obviously psychology you learn a lot about yourself so yeah Yeah. anyways that was a long-winded tangent
3: about how I kind of ended up here Kev you go for Mm -hmm. it man yeah. So also just got to say with Cody's psychology info, don't get into an argument with Cody. Trust me. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, what was, what was the question, Jay? Where, from, where did it go
2: from, from, you know, falling in love with rock music, getting hooked on rock music to wanting yeah. to perform on stage as a band.
3: Right. Um, well, again, like personally, like, um, my parents were so kind to buy me a bass guitar when I was eleven years old. So it set me on the path perfectly to become obsessed with Rush because Getty Lee is the master. Yeah. And, you know, like I I dove into that world and I think, you know, it's like I, I learned how to play uh hot cross buns on the bass like the first night I got it because my sister was you know uh playing flute at that point that was one that we could jam hot cross buns together. And then the <laughs> next day I think my dad taught me how to play all along the watchtower. So you know three great chords and that's all you really need. And that was the point. Like I think like you know the first day I even picked up a bass guitar. I was like, yep, this is it. This is everything else kind of melted away. You know I mean that was i was just coming out of my dinosaur phase you know and i think the music thing just you know uh latched right onto that pretty quickly um yeah, used to be a dinosaur i used Wild. to be a dinosaur yes you know, I, I still i still feel like it you know. um you know, every day because it's full circle baby um <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I think it was, yeah. Like the first day i learned how to play an instrument and ever since then it's been like this obsessive mission. But, um, I too studied, um, music in university. I studied classical music. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know what I did. I probably read too much Jack Kerouac. And I, um, I hitchhiked, uh, from Toronto to LA and I joined a reggae band and I learned so much, uh, gigging with them across California and that was the moment because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be a band at that point, if I wanted to be a music teacher, if I wanted to go, you know, further into like the uh, musicology world and uh, like, yeah, spending um, like about a year down there really changed my life. And I realized I had to be a, a, a gigging musician, a touring man. And then uh, I, you know, I took some time off from that band to visit my family for Christmas, and uh, that was the day I met Cody. Uh, I crashed an <laughs> audition for um, this other band that Cody was playing drums in, and my <laughs> buddy, uh, you know, so Cody was looking for a guitar player, and um, uh, to, you know, my buddy was like, "Hey, you know, you should come along. I hear these guys are big Rush fans," and so <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I crashed. Yeah, I crashed the audition. I I, I moon Cody because uh, I had a rush tattoo on my butt. And then it was like one of those stepbrothers moments. Like, did we just become best friends? Yup. Yup. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, here we are, here we are. Yeah. What a wild um, inception.
2: As far as writing music, was, was there an artist or was there a song that really connected with the both of you and you know either lyrically or musically that really influenced you in
0: writing music xanadu yeah. by Ruff. yeah I was, I was literally gonna say the same thing dude i was like yep xanadu instantly it's like that yeah uh, song is magic it is magic in in an oral form it is so beautiful everything about that song feels so mystical
3: it's like a it's like the closest thing to a sacred text to follow. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful, Code. Yes, it, it is. It's like that's the blueprint, that's the archetype of like, that is the greatest song ever recorded. It's like, and the story behind that song, it was like the three of them cut the bed tracks live off the floor in the first take. And it was just a sound check take to like make sure the mics yeah. were all working. And it was like, oh, okay if that's like the first song recorded in that session can you imagine what that session must have felt like like the brimming optimism yeah. of that like yeah. wow yeah getting off coming off the
0: back of that and if you know, and, and if not for just its you know incredible musicality it, the way it makes you feel above all else is something mm-hmm. that we really um you know look for in our own music we look for how this song makes you feel and yeah. and it's uh you know it's it's awesome yeah you can go on about it, that
3: yeah. for and, and it's, and it starts out with all these nature sounds with birds. And I think that probably influenced us young too. Cause Cody and I are like, you know, we are people of the woods through and through. Yeah. And I like I think, like, camp every year. Yeah. Like who knows? Like, I wonder what, you know, even if like all of the, uh, the accidental birds that are in that recording too, you know, if that influenced us to like, you know, a more like lifestyle route instead of a musical route. I wonder.
0: Yeah, that song has influenced me in more than just a musical sense. Yeah. Even in uh, even in terms of, like, my writing, you know? Like, I, I birthed, like, this whole, like, science fantasy universe from listening to that song. I don't know if you knew that, Cuth. That's but sick. I didn't. That, that I song in
3: Fountain of Lamna,
0: Yeah, Those two Jay, songs
3: inspired me. That's sick, Jay. You and I are learning stuff about Cody together today. <laughs> I love it. You know? Yeah, so imagine,
2: yeah. imagine if we weren't doing this interview. I know. I know.
0: i, I I'd be <laughs> in the
3: still, man. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I've been That's working sick. on this this science fantasy world for the last ten years, and it, it came from that one day. I was just listening to that and was really inspired, and then kind of you know made my own thing from it. But yeah, infinitely inspiring. Yeah, that song is magic.
2: When you guys do write music, you know, in terms of li- lyrics, you do write about observations, and you do write about you know the experience of other people, and you also write a lot about how you know, nature is very important to both of you. Where does that stem from? Where does that come from?
0: I think it comes from many places, but for me, um, you know, I, I'm Indigenous, and I've always been very connected to the land growing up. Um, I grew up in the city, but I had a lot of uh, opportunity to be uh, um, off-grid and 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 more on, you know, reserves, and and I had a little a little cottage that I'd go up to growing up. And and I spent a lot of time there and my family would go camping every year. And I, I have a lot of deep respect and adoration for nature. And I feel like it's the most free uh, a human being can be. And so I feel like that's uh, that's definitely where it comes from. And it's kind of intrinsic to my my soul, my being. I just
2: did a epic two-hour interview with george lynch and he did this documentary called shadow nation which is about the Native american community and we really dove (laughs) into like his work and his you know support of the native american community and where that documentary came from it was an interesting conversation an interesting perspective from someone who's very similar to you guys who you know um is very connected to the native American community. And he's also, I mean, he's, he's done tours and he's, he's like, uh, you, you know, quick camping trips, you know, in between each date, And he travels like in a camp or something. <laughs> it's really
3: interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. we should great. totally do that. We've, we've joked about that. Like, you know, instead of doing hotels, just, yeah, just go camping just and stuff. But again, like the reality of Canadian touring Jay is uh, it's very, very <laughs> old country. <laughs> It can be. Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal for touring.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you've written songs about indigenous
2: people and, you know, the the, the connection you mentioned that you have with the, that, you know, community and, and, and with, with those people. Um, is it important for you to give them a voice when you're writing the music?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not even necessarily giving them a voice, they have a voice. We're just kind of taking these issues and we're, you know, we're elevating them and we're putting them to the forefront using our platform to to amplify these voices and these messages that need to be heard. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, giving our namesake and me being Mi'kmaq, it's kind of something that just has to happen. You know, it's it's not it's not really an option. It just is uh
3: it's what you do. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, it was kind of a decision for day one, you know, that's yeah. why we're called crown lands, which is um, uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are Americans. So like, like I know you guys are kind of separated from the monarch, but in Canada crown land is referred to as land. that's still kind of owned and regulated by the monarch. And on that land is where uh, most of uh, indigenous uh, reservations are. And it's just, um, and a lot of these reserves don't even have clean drinking water right now, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're, we're just, used for clear cutting forest and oil uh, and oil fracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it Canada is you know it's basically three uh, you know resource extraction companies stacked on each other wearing a trench coat. That's basically all this you know this country is, and it's very very young and it's it you know it was founded on genocide and we're trying to like help bring that you know to the forefront and you know some people uh you know lo- love to kind of like clap back and be like hey stay in your lane or whatever and it's like well it's literally as artists, who i we, am we, yeah, it's, li- <laughs> it's literally like what we yeah and like you know it's kind of like my duty as an ally to like help you know bring that because it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic you know i'm I'm white cody's indigenous and so it's like we do have a very very unique platform to be able to be heard louder than a lot of other people right now especially being like a somewhat mainstream rock band and we get a lot of people coming to us at the end of shows or messaging us it's like you know what like i didn't actually know about this this is really interesting and like a lot of news has been coming to light Right now, for the mainstream, obviously, you know, Canada's always known about this. The church has always known about this. Um, but a lot of uh, residential schools, I believe they're called um, boarding schools in America, but it's all the same thing, right? Where basically, um, Indigenous kids were, were stolen from their families and, um, like, uh, forced to assimilate into white, you know, Eurocentric culture. And then otherwise, if, if they didn't conform, they were um, like, I don't want to like trigger people. But they were, you know, these kids yeah, were, were, were beaten and murdered and sure. that thousands of, of kids. And so uh, it's, it's you should put really a bit of trigger sad. warning there for sure. Yeah, like uh, it's and it, that's the reality of what this, you know, what what these two countries in North America were built upon. And so, you know, we're trying to use our art to talk about that and help elevate, uh, you know, this message that m- people would gladly look away from otherwise, right? But then all of a sudden, when like this band that they enjoy is talking about it, it's harder to turn away from. And then all of a sudden, when they realize their song that they're really into is talking about that, it's harder to turn away from. And so, uh, we're and trying to... maybe it gets them speaking about these issues
0: at home. E- exactly. And then more people understand and learn about these you know these things because you know nobody wants to admit to the great shame that is the inception the the conception of these nations but it's it's something that is necessary if there's going to be reconciliation with indigenous people and indigenous communities that you know live on sovereign lands in many parts of this country and are a big part of the conservation of our environment moving forward so mm-hmm. yeah
2: you know it is um it's interesting. It's, you know, horrifying at the same time to learn about these mm-hmm. things. But, you know, yeah. you can only truly be a healthy nation is if you really do confront your past yep. in the good and the bad. And, yeah. you know, you, you really need to know about these things and, and learn about these things. And part of the discussion I had with George, like I mentioned, is how some of this stuff is never even taught in schools. Yep. So yeah. when you do <clears throat> see, you know, Native Americans and, and them struggling and, you know, them fighting for their, their, their land, whether it's the Dakota access pipeline protest and mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, it's hard to be sensitive to that if you don't know about their struggle. And if you don't know
3: what really, mm-hmm. really happened to these people. Yeah. And that's by totally. design, you know, like that's yeah. not some accident. Like there's a reason why, you know, people you are know educated. That, yeah. yeah. People are educated into a certain stream, right? Like I was 18 years old before I, I, even read about a residential school and the last one closed when I was three years old, you know, it's, this an ancient history. Right. And it's like, you know, the, the Holocaust happened in the forties. And, you know, that is something that, you know, people today are still living with. So what, like, what the fuck do you think is happening right now? And like the, you know, the intergenerational suffering uh and trauma that people have gone through uh, with, with yes. residential schools and boarding schools in, uh, in North America. And it's, it's, it's so sad because again, like that, this is just one arm of um, a really long standing, uh, sorry, it's, it's, it's just one tool of oppression that, you know, these countries have used, you know, and like this, yeah. this is like the most like, pa- like palatable tool to some people right you know it's like where it's like the actual outright violence that has been inflicted on these people like is still not even being talked about either and yeah and Cody brought up a really important point to recognize that there are a lot of sovereign nations within America and Canada where a lot of these people never signed treaties it's not actually America it's not actually Canada it's their own
0: land and people are you know cutting down forests on their land and stuff and so we talk We're we're looking to make more songs to talk about all of these issues and uh, and to have some sort of rallying cry to know that, hey, like, you know, people are backing this from an entertainment standpoint. And then a lot of people can, you know, get the message out there in different ways because it's a real it's a real battle. It's a real struggle. And it's uh, something we should all really think about, because the more we think about it and the more we talk about it, the more we're able to actually take tangible action. Beautifully said,
3: Code. Yeah, Yeah. because, again, like, we don't have any real answers. We're just here to kind of, like, help educate people and, like, bring to light some of this stuff. And, you know, hopefully the people that do have the tools that can make that change will hear it and be like, huh, okay. And then, you know, get to work. But, you know, uh, we aren't going to magically make a huge difference. But if we can make a little difference in a few people that can then go on and make a big difference, that's kind of, that's cool by me. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: You have the new song White Buffalo coming out in a couple of weeks. What what does White
0: Buffalo mean to both of you? So, the symbolism of the white buffalo is strength and prosperity and manifestation. And basically, we look to white buffalo as this song of manifesting a future of what we hope to happen for indigenous people which is, you know, to come to come back and rise up, reclaim the land with, you know, with pride and, and unity. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's something that tells, it links the past into the future as a bridge, where in our other songs about Indigenous rights, we talk about the past and then the present. But this is a, a bridge from the bygone to the future, nice and yeah through it you know we walk through time to a place where we hope to manifest
3: yeah like we we, again like musically we always love like connecting themes like throughout our discography so that way um you know there's this kind of like beautiful continuity and we recognize like our first song that we really sat down and, and tried to write from from the perspective Um, and, uh, the themes of, of indigenous people was mountain where it talks about like, you know, the, the horrors of colonization. And then on our last record, uh, we wrote end of the road about, um, the missing and murdered indigenous women, uh, women and children and two spirit people along the highway of tears in BC. And so that's kind of like addressing what is still ongoing. Um, and now white Buffalo is kind of, yeah, as Cody said, manifesting the future. So hopefully, you know it'll help uh inspire uh people to yeah like rise up and band together yeah when
2: you're, when you're writing music you know such as white buffalo and these topics that you that we're discussing now how how is how do you connect with these stories how do you connect with these lyrics um is it difficult for you guys to process all this as you're writing about this history
0: Well, the way it comes out is pretty natural. When we come together and make music, sometimes it's really thought out and methodical and on the musical front. But when it comes Mm -hmm. to the lyrics and the messaging, what we do is we play the music over and over. And I'm singing um, unintelligible melodies most of the time, or what I'm feeling from my heart and maybe my subconscious, you know, when a word comes out and like Kevin and I, record this and we listen back and we're like hey this sounds like you're saying this okay oh yeah this is great but other times like um so Mountain came out like that and other times it's like we are playing together we're jamming and then we're singing live I'm singing live in the room and we just know what it's about and End of the Road kind of came together that way and it's like yeah okay this is this sounds like it's about the missing murdered indigenous women, children, and two spirits. Like, let's make a song about this. This is it. And it just, the message just kind of comes to you. But with white Buffalo, it was interesting because uh, that came together over a longer period of time. And uh, we knew the music way before what we, uh, we knew the messaging. We knew the, we knew like the symbology almost. Like we knew that it was like this big, powerful stomping unrelenting force and it could be like a really yeah, good.
3: The, the music sounded bass. like a giant animal kind of like stomping yeah. through
0: already for sure yeah and so we just kind of put the pieces together and i mean quick quickly found a cool uh a cool way to integrate this into our into our saga about indigenous rights and you know the rest is kind of history you just go with the flow with it and it's kind of hard to explain the process because it's it's so like there and it's not there. It's very fickle. It's like, it comes from all, all places, but, uh, to those who are creatives, they'll understand.
2: <laughs> it's you know, it's, it's interesting. Every time, you know, I talk to someone about their music style and writing music, it's, it's, it's always, I, I love it because it really, you know, tells me the differences and how, in how, things from either music can influence them or the outside world can influence them. And also, you know, not just lyrically, but, you know, the music in itself sets the tone of the song It creates that, that yep. feeling of what you're listening to. And, you know, it all has yes. merge together. And, you know, when you guys are putting that together, those songs together, you know, what comes first, the lyrics or the music, or how does that music, work? music, always. music is the
0: base. Yeah. Music is yeah. like this, the the onions and garlic <laughs>
3: to which all other pieces come together M- i'm music. hungry now yeah. music <laughs> is like onions <laughs> no shrek references don't uh, freak, no. you know there's lots you of do. layers you know but no for <laughs> real like i mean i feel like like yeah uh, like the, the base of music is always the music right i mean mm-hmm. that makes sense i mean it's uh, <laughs> that's how we do it anyway yeah yeah but you know again, we, like, we've it's had kind
0: outliers of, but
3: yeah 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 but for like 99.9 percent of the time like the song will will take shape and it will give us a certain feeling in the room and then we'll track it and then we'll start laying down like you know lyrical melody ideas and whatnot but it's kind of like um i don't know if you ever gotten to talking heads jay but um uh, that, that was the way David Byrne used to write uh, lyrics and stuff. It's like they'd lay all the music down. And that's why their biggest record is called Speaking in Tongues. Uh, because that's all David Byrne would do. he just sp- keeps speaking gibberish until he found a word that sounded like, you know, oh yeah, that's what this song sounds like. And then kind of start building off from there. And it's very organic like that with Cody and I too. Whereas, you know, Cody will just be like, you know, singing some sick, melodic shit and the word Good will melody, slip out yeah. there and uh all of a sudden you know all of a sudden the title will show up or something you know i yeah. find like um it's weird it's like if i'm if i write the majority of a chorus cody will usually write the majority of the verses and then vice versa i find if like cody comes in with the chorus like i and like i can kind of fill the other holes of of, you know the other parts oh, yeah. and it kind of it's like it's it's a really good patchwork <laughs> yeah like, yeah I, it's, and it's never like a cody song and a kevin song like very rarely you know like it's very yeah. it's usually it's like yeah like every other word almost kind of like this interview
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we're always back and forth but um yeah when we come when it comes to music uh making the creation process i usually value like the melodies and i want to get the melodies strong first and the words can you know if we don't have a, a mm. theme yet it's it's okay and i can just work with that and i can just get the emotionality of uh and in, in the interplay of the melodies and the music working and jiving and then when we insert words you know it changes further but it's like mm. until that comes i'm only really concerned about making really strong melodies
2: as far as evolving as artists, how do you guys maintain your evolution and journey as musicians from song to song, from record to record? Is that something that you're conscious about is, you know, exploring, you know, avenues of music that maybe, you know, you're not now and you want to get into and you want to incorporate in your music. And so your fans can hear it. Mm-hmm. It's always yes, yeah, hundred, hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just recently, we finished this this record that is instrumental and I'm playing indigenous flutes on it and and all sorts of African-Cuban percussion and African percussion and marimbas and, and shit like that. So it's like we're always pushing the envelope of what we can do and what we want to, to do with our band. We don't want it to just be limited, even in within the scope of rock. You know, like genres can be fluid and we, we like to embrace all of that stuff and music good music is good music and i think if we can explore multiple avenues that is you know two big thumbs up for me because i just love good music and kevin just loves good music and we want to explore what we can do together
3: yeah like i think yeah cody you nailed it like good music absolutely transcends genre and i think that we are slowly building Crown Lance out to a point where we can do that and i think like patience is key in this jay because like mm-hmm. when we started out as a band, like we were just total prog rock nerds and we still very much are. Oh, um, yeah. But we really had to pace ourselves at the beginning and kind of meet people halfway and recognize that if we show up out of the gate with a 14 minute song about <clears throat> witches, people are going to, yeah. And so, um, <laughs> we've slowly kind of been building out this sort of like cinematic world as well, like oh, with yeah. pieces that are connected. Um, like so, um, Context, uh, is probably our high watermark up to this point. Um, at least uh, that's been released. And th- that's a really, really special project that we worked on with, you know, Terry Brown, Nick Raskulinitz, Dave Bottrell. Then we made the music video with Blake Mawson, who is an amazing director up here in Canada. Um, yeah he's really Incredible. really building up like a really special mm-hmm. story and it's nice that we get to be a part of that but he mm-hmm. actually ended up bringing a few elements into this video that really kind of uh, as we were writing this next record that we just recorded with david bottrell um it actually kind of was a strike of inspiration and now we have a new song coming out uh in a couple of weeks called the called oracle, the oracle. And that kind of is like the backstory of the space uh, alien queen in our video for context. So I love the fact that we're kind of like (laughs) connecting all of these threads. And, um, And (laughs) you know, because like this is the stuff that Cody and I live for when we get into a band. You know, Cody's really into King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard who do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of conceptual
0: stuff. So needless to say, we have arrived at the 14-minute Ice Witch
3: song. And it is coming out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So if we've done it, we've done it. So it's like, I think it's, it's really <laughs> important to like, again like pace yourself and like not try and like run before you can walk. But I think that we are, you know, we're slowly paying our dues and really kind of becoming the band that we've always wanted to be. And that band that we want to be is the band that we've always wanted to see, which was a, you know, a band that's just, you know, fearlessly doing really complex music while like maintaining a good sense of melody and songwriting. And that's a yeah. that's a challenge in itself man like trying to yeah. balance out like sweet 7 8 riffs and then like how do you lay down a good vocal hook on top of that Yeah or, or how, do
0: you,
3: how do you do you
0: sing over 13 how do you do that but you know we tune, try to tune in next so... week
3: and listen to like buffalo <laughs> and you'll
0: find out <laughs> or like you know like how do you how do you make that so that people aren't absolutely walking away with like pounding headaches and not wanting to listen to it because i remember when kevin got me into king crimson i put on <laughs> i put on discipline and it took me three listens and the first listen i got a pounding headache i was like man this is so cool but like Man my hurts. Head hurts. <laughs> and it was after the and I just kept coming back like some sort of
3: masochist. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and, like how uh, do you make how do you make complex music that doesn't hurt and makes you feel good and makes you want to move? Like that is a yeah. that's tricky. And that's what that's, we want to do. And so
0: like that's the band we want to kind of,
3: you know, be. It's it's a
0: it's a fine line to, to tread, but you know, I think it's possible.
2: I remember when my 16 year old who who was probably 12 at the time i was in the car with him and i had 2112 the cd in my car yes he was looking at the back he's like wait this song is 21 minutes long and i'm like yeah and he's like how's a song how's a song that long and like he's like we got to listen to this (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) like it's an experience yeah yeah it really is an experience yeah, I think, well, m- music is a funny thing where you get out what you put into it and, like, Rush is not a very immediate band for a lot of people, right? It's a slow burn. And it's, like, the more work you put into, like, learning and, like, really feeling a song, the more you're going to love it, you know? And I think that's, like, I want to make music like that, that, like, you know, keeps giving to people year after year as they keep listening to it and finding yeah, new maybe they, Easter eggs.
0: Yeah, they hear something they never did before and they just fall in love with it deeper, so... That's definitely what we want to do.
2: I got in a rush and and how I was exposed to them was my, my friend was a huge rush fan and he said, don't focus on the voice, focus on the lyrics. Nice. And it worked. (laughs) Like I started reading the lyrics as I was listening and it it opened up like a whole new appreciation for the band. Yeah. Yeah
3: yeah there aren't a whole lot of bands that you want to be reading the lyric sheet uh you know it's just a whole lot of hey babies and hey mamas and it's like okay guys yeah (laughs) that's just legit yeah exactly and i think that's like you know they're a thinking person's band you know yeah and i think (laughs) we want to do that too is like spur on like conversation and and thought and you know make people move and think and you know that's a tricky again a tricky balancing act for sure
2: as you move forward as Crownlands as a band, recording new music, what's in store for your fans in the in the future for like the next year?
3: Oh man, a lot of albums and a tour or two. I feel yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So on the a lot of albums. So like it's like it's weird thing where it's like we do less large albums but more often, and so I think you know all of my favorite records seem to be hovering around the half hour mark, you know, like all the great super tramp, Genesis rush. Um, yes. Uh, crimson, all of their best records seem to be quite short in length, but they were putting out, you know, one or two records every year, you know, instead of like, I find rock and roll just got so stale when everyone started putting out, you know, 12 song records that were an hour and a half long and three songs were good. And then they toured for two years and then they burnt themselves out. So they couldn't go and create stuff. Right. And like, we don't want to make records for the CD format. And I think, you know, all, a lot of rock bands are kind of like turning their nose up at embracing streaming platforms, but we're seeing it as an opportunity to like make shorter records more often, which allows us to really fully, dive into a concept or a theme or, you know, a writing style and really explore it to its fullest potential and then put it down, move on and then dive into another world. Just as we have, like we made this really cool progressive mathy record with David Bottrell. And then as soon as we finished that, we went and made an instrumental uh, it, meditation record that was embracing traditional indigenous music and my love of ambient synths and guitars and I don't yeah. know what we're gonna do after this. You know, I think we're gonna go do like a make our own live in the studio session record to you know show how many instruments can two people play in a room at once and we will figure it out and record yeah. <laughs> it and release it and then move on from that and you know and that's more kind new dreams.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, different just, different concepts. Even I'm I'm really into King Desert. Um, As Kevin mentioned earlier, and I really what I love about them is they're they're not afraid to just completely embrace a concept and follow it through for a complete record. And I think that'd be really cool to explore our own uh, Mm -hmm. concepts and adhere to them throughout little, you know, song uh, music capsules, like these shorter, smaller releases um, and really just explore different ideas because we're you know, we're both music heads. We both like a lot of different kinds of music. And this kind of allows us to, it, it affords us the freedom of exploring these different things without taking too much of a, you know, a big overall uh, overarching risk. Well,
2: Kevin, Cody, it's been a pleasure had doing this interview, talking with you guys, learning more about you. Uh, my level of coolness with, with uh, my 16-year-old has definitely increased because of this interview. I will say that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. I'm so glad to be here, man.
0: Thank you so much for
2: having us. Well, thank you again, guys. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Cheers, man. All right, everybody. That's Kevin and Cody from Crownlands. Look for their new song, White Buffalo, on July 8th. Also check out their past catalog, too, as well. You will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. My name is Jay Scott. Once again, this is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.